0: not under the law neither are we over the law but the law lives within us it's written on our hearts when we receive the righteousness of christ we receive that written law in our hearts it's called our conscience that is how god's law guards us so how can we keep our way perfect and holy before god by guarding it with the word of god I've already given you an example of my shopping blunder. If I've stolen intentionally or unintentionally in the past, there is forgiveness for me. Upon repentance, Jesus will forgive. I'm no longer under the punishment of the law, but I'm equally not above the law. So I cannot deliberately go on stealing things. The law is there and it helps me, it guards my heart, it helps me to keep my way pure. But we have another problem, don't we? Some of you are probably already thinking about it. Some laws seem to be timeless, such as murder. Other laws we don't seem to keep, do we, as New Testament Christians? The obvious example is remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. There's some very strong things said about the Sabbath in the Old Testament, This has so often been interpreted as doing certain things on a Sunday. I grew up uh, in a Christian home, and there were were Sunday-only games. Some of you may remember that sort of era. This did not include me running about the garden, which is what I often wanted to do. Jesus said in Mark chapter 2, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. He turned it on its head. Sabbath is for man, not man for the Sabbath. In other words, God's best is to have a day of rest that will give you a healthy lifestyle. You see, God had in mind the healthy work-life balance before anybody else thought of it. So it's the principle in the law of God that is important it's not so much about what you do or do not do on a Sunday, but about taking time out like you have today to come and worship God and to rest from your normal activity. Hebrews 4, 9 says, There remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God, for whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works, as God did from his. So there remains a Sabbath rest But it's not so much about what you do or don't do. That will upgrade our lives if we're resting appropriately. You see, that is not about being under the law. You must do this or you must not do that. You know, we are free, but we're not above the law. We cannot say, I don't need to meet God's family and worship Jesus. But we live with the law Inside our hearts, that guards our hearts. Secondly, not wandering. Let me read verse ten to you. With my whole heart, I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. And verse one o five of the same psalm says this: Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I love that verse. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. God's word is light to us and helps to stop us wandering all over the place. That was the problem with the people of God, wasn't it? When they left Egypt, they just wandered for 40 years in the desert simply because they disobeyed God. Have you ever tried to find your way around a strange bedroom at night? You know, you've gone away and you're in a strange bedroom without putting... The light on (laughs) have you ever tried that what usually happens is you stub your toe don't you against the bed God's word is a light to our feet so we don't come to harm we do have to switch the light on though opening up God's word is important it switches the light on for us I like this imagery of a lamp to my feet, which speaks of an immediacy of God's word and a light to my path, which speaks about the way ahead, the distance, the future. God's word is both a lamp and a light. We have a destiny to follow. Every one of you here has got a destiny to follow. Let's not waste 40 years wandering somewhere. If you've wandered, can I say to you this morning, come back on track. Father is there with the light of his word for you to follow again. Light from his word will give us a life upgrade. Have you ever watched sheep? Occasionally you see one of them wandering off on their own. Jesus speak about, spoke about this, didn't he, in one of his parables. Sheep are vulnerable when they wander off. They're vulnerable to attack from wild animals, they get themselves on ledges, and the worst thing is they can fall on their backs. Sheep don't seem to be very well designed, do they? They have a leg in each corner, but like other animals, but when they fall over, they can't right themselves. A shepherd needs to be there to help them back on their feet. Some Christians are remarkably like sheep, <laughs> It upsets me, you know, brothers and sisters, when I see uh, my friends wandering off somewhere. And I don't just mean wandering from church to church. Some Christians do that. But you can still attend meetings and in your heart be wandering all over the place. When we wander, we are vulnerable to attack from wild beasts. The devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to, to devour. It's 1 Peter 5. That's a striking picture, isn't it? The devil prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. We're vulnerable when we wander. You're vulnerable to falling on your back and not being able to get yourself up again if you wander. When we fall, we need someone to help us. And Jesus, the good shepherd, is there to pick us up and bring us back to the family. But let's not wander in the first place are you wandering in some way at the moment then come home wandering you know has a bit of a passivity about it we see extremes in our society don't we we see people who are very aggressive and people who are very passive just passively wandering I don't believe is godly Wandering off where we fancy, going where the grass is greener, just like sheep do. Taking life as it comes, going where the wind blows, whatever will be, will be. I don't think that's a godly lifestyle. What did Paul say in Philippians? I press on toward the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ. There's nothing passive there in Paul's words, is there? I press on, he says. Paul's not wandering around. Yes, it's important that we take time to rest, the Sabbath rest. But there's times when we need to be you know, forceful and determined and press on. Keep our feet on the path. Keep on track with God's purposes. Did you notice that passage in, in Timothy that I read? Training in righteousness. Training in righteousness is not passive, it's active. With my whole heart, I seek you. The third thing, in verse 11, it says, I've stored up your word or hidden your word in my heart. You remember the story of Jesus as a a young boy in the temple. Mary and Joseph didn't fully understand their 12-year-old son. What was Jesus doing? What was he saying? I guess there's some of you that might not understand your children too. But Mary treasured those things up in her heart. The storing up of God's word in our heart is so important. Even those things that we do not understand, they will protect us and enable us to live holy lives. Scientists have found that there's a direct link between what we think and what we remember, what we store up in our brains, and our physical and emotional health. Toxic thoughts, toxic emotions can all affect us dramatically, physically, and emotionally. Toxic thoughts and emotions are things like unforgiveness and offenses against another person, jealousy, hatred, fear, the list goes on. You can add your thing in there. Storing up these things are not good in our hearts. When we put our, where we, what we put into our storehouse, what we hide in our hearts is so important This enables us to fight the battles of temptation. This is what Jesus did in the wilderness. He fought the enemy's lies with the truth from God's word, which he had stored up in his heart. Don't store junk in your heart. Junk is unsightly. Junk always needs to be put in a skip and removed ikea a few years ago had a sales slogan which said chuck out the chintz you might remember it that's a good thing to do chuck out the junk chuck out the junk store up for yourself treasures and promises from god in your heart i've been doing some decorating with a little help uh recently and uh I removed everything, most things from my lounge and put them in uh, a spare bedroom. You can hardly get in this spare bedroom. It's completely full and and stuff. It's not clutter, obviously. It's all my my possessions. But you can hardly open the door. And I just shut my door on it. I'm ignoring that room. And you know, some of us treat those things that have happened to us in that same way. We put them somewhere in our heart and shut the door on them and pretend they're not there. They're junk, they need to be dealt with. What you store in your heart is important. Fourthly, being teachable. In verse 12, it says, the psalmist says, teach me your statutes, teach me your ways. And you know, having uh, an open heart uh, to God's word, seeking truth with our whole heart, being teachable all our lives is a beautiful quality. Spending our whole life in the word of God with a teachable heart, never reaching the point where we feel we know it all. That is so fantastic. That's what we should be as Christians, shouldn't it? Lifelong learning in God's university is fun because, you know, the more I know, the more I realize I don't know, but actually I can know more. There is always new depths to fathom in God's word. Moses said to God, Teach me your ways so that I may know you. Fifthly, declaring truth. With mighty lips, I declare all the rules of your mouth. Speaking and singing out truth from the word of God strengthens our hearts, doesn't it? That's one reason why we worship. It's so uplifting when we sing biblical truth. It takes us to new places. Singing good doctrine and truth builds up our faith. When you're downcast or under pressure, there's nothing like a good sing of biblical truth. Do you find that? To have an upgrade in life, get in the shower or the bath, the place where you can sing and nobody minds, and just have a blast with some songs. Get some truth into you. Sixthly, delighting in truth. Delighting has that meaning of rejoicing or being joyful. And Sam had a, spoke a brilliant sermon last week. If you didn't hear Sam, listen to it on the web. I really recommend it. It was a great sermon on celebration but delighting and being joyful. Jesus said in Matthew 22, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and your soul and with your mind. I think we're good at loving God with our hearts, aren't we? We love to engage with God in worship and love him with our hearts, but we can also love God with our minds. Love God in your thinking about the truth in his word. On Sunday mornings after we've had worship, it's easy to go into sermon mode, isn't it? Oh, well, I'll just hear it out for the next half hour. But actually, we worship as we listen to God's word. We can worship Jesus in the word. As we process the truth from the Bible, we are worshiping Jesus because He's the author. As we read the scriptures during the week, you're worshiping God with your mind. Seventy, we're getting there. You're doing well. You're all right, you're still with me. Meditating. Philippians four says, Whatever is honourable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellent, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, says Paul, note that what you have learned with your mind, put into practice. And the peace of God will be with you. Chewing over God's word gives us an upgrade in life. I love meditating on God's word. Have you ever watched a a dog or cat eat their food? They rush to the bowl and just woof it down in seconds, don't they? It's like the food doesn't touch their sides of their mouth. They just gulp it down. Do you gulp down God's word? you know, as a duty, got to get through the passage, you know, keep my notes on, thanks, I'm not a day behind. Or do you savor it? Do you meditate on it? Do you think upon it? Do you chew it over? Do you digest it slowly? It will upgrade your life. Eighthly, fixing our eyes, setting our sights, setting our vision on the goal, pressing towards the goal as Paul encourages us, not wandering but actively pursuing and following Jesus. And ninthly, verse 16 says, not forgetting, not forgetting the word. Blokes tend not to read instructions. I'm actually getting better. But don't be a bloke with the manual. You know, get it out when things go wrong. Let's not get the word of God out when things go wrong. Let's not forget to read the manual and allow God's word to shape our lives to be trained in righteousness. Many over the centuries have given their lives that we might have the word of God accessible to us. James, um, who Simon's just visited, is giving his life to translate the scriptures, the New Testament, I think it is at the moment, into the local language. Many have given their lives in different ways that we might have this precious word, Let's not neglect or forget this precious book. Let's plumb its depths for truth that will truly give us an upgrade in life. The word is a lamp to my feet for today and a light to my path for the future. That's what we are given in God's word you have been listening to a sermon from Christchurch Helsham. For more information or to contact us, visit Christchurchhelsham.org.